Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Audio Frontier. Welcome to 2021 and welcome to the first edition of Wrestling Daft The Marks. How are you? Hailing from Larbert, weighing in at 185 pounds. I've not been able to shift the Christmas weight just yet. I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft, host of this very show. And with me, two gentlemen who we walk into 2021 with, with new resolutions um, I really should make a new resolution to come up with better introductions to you guys, but we're just going to stick with the old hat. So with me, a man who's bigger than everyone's belly after Christmas, aside from Otis, it's Big Alex. Can I start the year by sounding like a crazy right-wing conspiracy nutjob? Oh no. Oh, here we go. See if you see if you say 20. How does if you think about it? 2021 actually just says 2021, and we only lasted three days into 2021 until we had a lockdown. So it's true. That's very true. What about 2022 then? Well, 2020 doesn't win in 2022. It's only 2021 where 2020 wins. Right. One, uh, one W-O-N was victorious. Ah, right. I get you. I'm with you. Totally. Um, yeah, well, let's start the conspiracy theories. Uh, and that man you heard just there uh, is a man who this week has cracked the secrets behind the chase. It's inside the ropes. <laughs> Gary Cassidy. Head writer there, Gary. Talk, I saw this tweet that you put out, and if you want to follow uh, Gary on Twitter, it's at Wrestling Gary. He has cracked the secrets behind the chase because I love Beat the Chaser. It's fucking brilliant. It's my favorite game show going. I so want to go on it. Have, have I ever mentioned that I won a game show before? <laughs> have I ever mentioned? You've never won one on this show, so it's all right. <laughs> have I ever mentioned that someone I know has won the chase? Somebody you know has won the chase. Yeah. How much did they win? 13 and a half grand or something oh. like that. They also did an exploding fish bump on national television and they've never lived it down. So an exploding fish pump. They, they don't need my tips then, but uh, the thing is the chase has a few wrestling references because Mark Labette is a giant wrestling fan. Um, he is very open about being a giant wrestling fan. And uh, there was a question on this week's show about Drew McIntyre. So or on one of this week's show, there's five a week. But I, The Chase, uh, literally three things that you can always bank on in The Chase. If they mention a Mexican artist, the answer is Frida Kahlo. If they mention a street artist, the answer is Banksy. And if they mention a grime artist, the answer is Stormzy. Literally the only three uh, ways they'll veer into any of those genres is to, to have a question on one of the people. So if you're on The Chase and one of them come up, thank me. Cut me in on the, the money you win. So there you have it, folks. The secrets of the chase revealed by Mr. Gary Casty. Just answer Stormzy for anything. That seems to work. Um, so Stormzy, Banksy, Frida Kahlo, and you're sorted. Ah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we're back at it, guys, um, and all the usual features are back. Of course, we'll be burying and putting over stuff from all the big wrestling shows. We'll be bringing you the latest news from the world of wrestling with Gary. Um, our two popular features, um, WrestleMind, the Buzz and Ox, and uh, Fancy Beginning, aren't on this week because 
for one, we couldn't be Arsenal on Moiken. Uh, we're, we're going to have, a, we're going to bring back one of our most popular features ever. It's backed by completely unpopular demand. Turning Japanese returns to the marks as we look back at Wrestle Kingdom with Big Alex. I'm glad that you seem to be the only person getting really excited about that, John. I am. I, I, do you know what? I, I've not seen any of Wrestle Kingdom, um, so I'm really in- interested to, to find out what happened and what we can expect going forward from New Japan. So looking forward to that with Big Alex a bit later on. And we thought because it's 2021, who isn't doing predictions in wrestling for this year? So we're going to do that. We're all going to take on our specialist wrestling um promotion i'll be doing nxt alex is going to do aw gary's going to do wwe uh, and we're just going to have a couple of predictions about the year ahead don't worry though fancy booking island and wrestling bus cox will return next week however but going nowhere this week it's time for a promo i have a lot of things i want to get off my chest right this is the domestic uh, promo that i'm going to cut Right, do you guys, you know, you do your own washing, presumably. You have a washing machine in the house. How yeah, do we you... all have maids, John. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, how do I feel you... like uh, I actually meant to interject, John, and say that before we were on this show, the last meal I had, um, I had a sandwich with some egg, some bacon, and a nice load of avo on it, just to angle you ever so slightly Listen, before you start I'm... your promo. <laughs> Gary, 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 Gary. It's fine to accept avocado <laughs> as I'm, I'm, is avocado class as a fruit because it's got a seed in it. I'm guessing it is. I think it is. It's I like think it's a fruit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I accept avocado. I'm a fan of the the fruit <laughs> avocado, especially in guacamole. What I can't accept is people that call it apple. But we'll move on from that. Right? We'll move on from that. And by the way, thank you very much uh, to Craig Anthony of ICW fame, who basically. Gary pretty much grasped me into him over Twitter uh, and he's a vegan and now I'm scared I'm going to get battered off of him. So apologies, Craig. Nothing against vegans. You're wonderful people. And like I say, I've nothing against avocados in general, just people that call it Avo. Anyway, moving on from that, how do you dry your clothes once you've washed them? A hanger. A hanger. I like a, a, like a, 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 a what you call them? A, a clothes horse. A yes, clothes horse. Gary, do, do you use a clothes horse? Yeah, I use a clothes horse uh, indoors and outdoors. Well, kind of outdoors. We've got a wee dry and green that's semi-outdoors. But I, I guess a clothes horse. But I, I don't know where you're going with this, so I'm you know, excited to find it. Right, okay. Well, in, in winter, you know, we all go to the clothes horse. You can't get your clothes outside because it's too cold, right? Now, this is what angers me, right? What the clothes horse people need to do is get together with the washing machine people. Because what happens... And this enrages me, and I don't know if it enrages you, but you put a washing in, you load it up, you wash it, then you take the washing up to the clothes horse. And inevitably, there's always stuff left in the washing basket because there's not enough space in the fucking clothes horse, right? So what's the deal here? Right, right. First of all, John, can I point out two things? What? Washing machines come in different sizes. Yes. Clothes horses come in different sizes. Right. And also, John has um, John will be doing several more loads of washing than we will be doing as well, considering the larger family. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, maybe what you should do, John, is is go on Amazon after this podcast and type in XXXXXL clothes horse. Well, why? You know what? Right, okay, then that's a good suggestion. So, what I'm suggesting here is the washing machine manufacturers is 
When you buy the washing machine, there should be a recommended clothes horse to go with said washing machine or size of washing machine. Because I, at the moment, I'm putting washies in and always there's always spare pants or socks because I can't get them on the fucking clothes horse. It enrages me. It really does anger me. Because then where do you put it? You can't just leave it in the washing basket to get cold because it gets that, all that horrible damp smell. Then you're finding radiators across the house to put them on. You're finding loose bits of things behind chairs, hang them on the back of chairs and find things to dry on. And it really annoys me. So here's what I'm wanting to say. The washing machine people get together with the clothes horse people and find some sort of deal where we, we, we you know, sell a clothes horse with the washing machine. There's an idea. So then we have the equal washing machine capacity to the equal clothes horse. <sighs> I can't believe we've went for the chase to dragons then in the first two segments of the show. <laughs> it's back with a vengeance. It's turning Japanese as we return to the land of the rising sun to find about all the goings that's happening in New Japan. And of course, it's their big event of the year it was Wrestle Kingdom last week and as ever Big Alex is all over it and great to tell us all about it well to start with I think Vince is going to be ever so slightly jealous since they had a two-night event and they did get some fans into the arena so for those that don't know Wrestle Kingdom is situated in the Tokyo Dome which is one of the largest if not the largest arena in Japan probably should have checked that it probably I th- is I would say I think it is I, I, yeah, it is. I think it is so, bigger than Kurikan Hall it's, yeah, it's considerably bigger. Aye, the Kurikan Hall is like next to the Tokyo Dome. Aye. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's normally they get about 40,000 in, but due to amount of restrictions, I've been trying to find the specifics. I believe they had about 5,000 in each night. Um, they were visibly disinfecting the ring between matches and there was like no cheering or clapping. It was all clapping because I think they told the fans to keep quite considerate so it was a weird atmosphere and it didn't really feel like a Wrestle Kingdom show in many ways but they were lucky as a state of emergency was called in Japan the next day so there was very nearly that it would have been cancelled so we should stop complaining and just get on with it really so they had a two uh, they similar to Wrestlemania they had a two-day setup so we'll kick off in night one night one ended up being very much a tale of two matches which was your kind of co-main events on the undercard we had some surprisingly good matches, some surprisingly disappointing matches. Um, friend of wrestling, Daft Tamatonga, I still has cut his hair and his beard, and I still can't get over him without his hair and his beard. Uh, but him and Tangaloa beat to the dangerous techers, which is Zack Saber Jr. and Tai Chi to retain to win back the IWGP tag team titles in a surprisingly good match. Like Did I was, you say dangerous techers. Yeah, that's that's yes, uh, that is their name. <laughs> do you know? I, sorry, this is a set a little aside here. I had a meeting with a guy who basically originated the term "takers." You know, the guy from Soccer AM who I said, was going to say. I, I always forget what one it was. Not Jeremy Lynch, was it? Is it the no, other guy? No, it's Andy. Um, is it Asaya or something? Ah. Anyway, he, you know, he, he comes in with uh, the guys coming in with unbelievable takers. That's ah, on Soccer AM. I had a meeting with him last week and I, I knew I knew his face from somewhere and then I googled it I was like oh it's the guy that does, talks about the techers he's copyrighted the word techers and he has a clothing range anyway sorry continue with the tag team chat oh no it was a surprisingly good match thoroughly enjoyed it um, was surprisingly disappointed by a Hiromo Takahashi match the light heavyweight uh, qualifier match was quite disappointing but we get on to kind of the main matches of the evening so um, 
I think the main thing we need to discuss is Will Ospreay's new stable, The Empire. So that is the combination of Will Ospreay, the great Okan, B. Priestley, and everyone's new favourite Japanese uh, roster member, Jeff Cobb. And the faction was almost, I hate to use Gary's most hated word, but was almost buried on one of its first big nights. So um, <laughs> great Okan, who they've been building up for weeks, lost in a pretty much a very unexciting match against Tanahashi, where they were telling the story that Tanahashi still got it at the expense of the great Okan, which didn't really make much sense. And Okada versus Osprey was good, and I think it was just a little bit ruined by all of our big expectations that we put on it. And the finish was a little bit disappointing as well, with uh, Okada going over Osprey reasonably well. Like, I don't think Osprey ever felt like a big threat to Okada, which was a bit of a shame for me. It was a long match. It was. It was a weekend of long <laughs> matches. So after that long match, we had the main event of night one that, to me, kind of saved the whole evening, really, to be honest. It was the best match of the night. It was Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito. Naito being the champ, Ibushi having won the G1 Climax. So he had the right to challenge um, Naito. It was kind of that classic New Japan tale of the guys that know each other really well and Naito trying to wrestle like he was better than Ibushi. But in the end, it was the story of Ibushi literally becoming God, as he declared at the end of the evening. And we had a beautiful moment as Naito passed him over the belts. So going into night two, the Bullet Club decided to start night two with a, a little taking the piss of the finger poke of doom. But they were one day too late. As we learned, all learned on the special WrestleMania the Buzz Knocks the other week, that happened on the 4th of January. So they kind of screwed that up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so night two was again, uh, I think the main things we need to talk about was the Jeff Cobb match. If anyone hasn't seen it, that's one of the ones I would definitely go back and recommend. For me, it was a total coming out party of Jeff Cobb, and it was just turned into two big men throwing each other around the ring. And it was, it was terrific. I really enjoyed it. That was kind of my surprise, surprise of the night. But going on from that has got to be the main event of night two, which was just, it, I absolutely loved it personally. I think you guys will be quite used to me going on about Jay White from this. And this is probably the reason why. So uh, it was Kota Ibushi versus Jay White for both the belts again. Um, the match went 48 minutes, I believe. Yeah, um, 48 minutes. Uh, 48 minutes. 48 minutes, five seconds I've got in front of me here. It didn't feel like 48 minutes and five seconds to me. It felt shorter than the Osprey match. <laughs> yeah, it felt considerably shorter than the Osprey match. It was like counter-wrestling at its absolute prime. It was fantastic. And I think having Chris Carlson back on commentary live made a big difference as he was like comparing Jay White to Alexander of Macedonia at the beginning of the night and things like that. So that added a nice, interesting edge to it. But the end of the match, well, was, as we were building towards the finish, it got to the stage where Jay White literally just looked beaten down. He just kind of got to the stage that he accepted there was nothing he could do to put away Kota Ibushi. And it was just the look of sheer disbelief in his face as we got to that end point. And a couple of Kamigoyes later, and Jay White was laid out on the floor and Kota Ibushi had retained his championships. But for me, the best part of the night actually came after that in the post-match interview with Jay White. So he um, essentially just went off on one for everyone for not helping him to the back because he could barely stand. At one point during the promo, he fell off his chair and then he essentially quit the company at the end of it. I mean, I think it's quite a lot of kayfabe, but there is a lot of rumours that WWE are currently very interested in him. And after a performance like he had that night, it's quite obvious why. So yeah, New Japan even immediately tweeted out about his promo and about him 
leaving the company. So that's the thing that was a kind of a, a signal for me that maybe he's not leaving. Uh, but there's rumours that he's, uh, or there were rumours he was signed for seven years for 2017. I'm going, New Japan don't give that kind of contract. Yeah, why would you oh, sign someone for seven no, years? There's like... There's, there's like no legitimate source to it. So I think it is rumours, but I, it's quite interesting to see if it is going to be, if it's a legitimate thing that they are playing up or if it is kayfabe. Well, there's been a little bit of rumours about WWE being interested. You can see why AEW wouldn't be, because I think they're trying to nurture that relationship and don't want to go in and steal any more New Japan stars. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think I don't think you'd see AEW going in, but you can see WWE just putting money in there. The guy's young; he wouldn't be the most expensive contract, and I think he could make a big impact. Do you think he quickly. would go straight onto the main roster, Alex, or in? into NXT. See, I think they might, they would probably just debut him at the Rumble only because of the convenience of having the Rumble there. You know, if you sign quite a reasonably big star the week before the Rumble, do you pass up the chance for that debut? Almost like a certain AJ Styles. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But then (laughs) arguably Nakamura went down to NXT and was considerably better for it as he got the run he deserved in NXT. Look at Kushida as well. I mean, Kushida's been, you know, was one of the hottest stars in New Japan. It's just... You know, he's been languishing in NXT. Mm. But you'd argue, I'd... Kushida never really broke the, the mid-card in New Japan, unfortunately. He was like, for the light heavyweight division, he was really, really up there, but he never quite got to that main event scene. Jay White, on the other hand, has been one of the big four they've been pushing. He yeah. kind of replaced Omega, if that makes sense, yeah, in their yeah. main event scene. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great show. It didn't really feel like a Wrestle Kingdom. For me, it was just kind of a weekend of the main events. But that second main event fully delivered and hopefully have another good year for New Japan returning to some kind of normality. Well, sadly, I don't think it's going to be in the news because there is no news that's came from it. But it looks like New Japan's going to be on UK television very soon. Um, they announced a UK, well, they, they kind of half announced coming soon to the UK and US. Uh, and they've since announced deals with Eurosport and India. Eurosport's obviously on in the UK, so maybe that's a hint, but seems like they're definitely going to be on TV in the UK this year. So, Well, we're going to have to add it. More. We have to add it to the buddies and put overs in that case, so we'll have to give you two shows to <laughs> oh, watch now, Alex. I've missed one other thing that I probably oh. should highlight. John Moxley had his pretty much first New Japan appearance in nine months. It was through a televised promo package, but he was in the New Japan dojo in the USA. So I think now that he's dropped the AEW title, I think we'll start to see him show up on New Japan Strong on Friday nights in the States. I'm wondering if they might make that title the title for New Japan Strong. It would make sense. Why would they, why would they have it the, there? And then yeah. they can kind of swap it between as well and stuff. So I, I, I think they should do that personally. And, and I'm uh, tired of them having a challenge briefcase as the main title of New Japan Strong. <laughs> it's infuriating. I mean, obviously, there's the rumours as well of AEW and New Japan seeking a relationship as well. So it'll be interesting to see if that. I think that I think we'll get that this year. I'm pretty damn positive about that. I mean, if you look at the way they're working with Impact, yeah, and Impact work with New Japan, it's the beginning. I think Don Callis is the facilitator here. I think. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if that happens. Well, it was great to have it back, Alex. Thank you for filling in. I'm definitely going to have to go and check out that Jeff Cobb match. I've heard a lot of good things about that. Uh, And until next time, when are we going to be returning to the land of the rising sun in Pokemon? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I just about got away through the real sexual stereotype. Damn it. 
Guys, I've talked about it before, I'm going to talk about it again, ExpressVPN. Alex, I know you are a big fan of the VPN and its use. Um, you tend to use it to watch anime in Japan, is that right? I have been. But I think Gary has a suggestion of something that you need to get from the American Netflix, Sean. Ah. Yeah, so we were talking about ExpressVPN before we actually started recording because, you know, what better endorsement for something than, than if there's a way to use it to watch wrestling. We were speaking about Jeff Cobb. He was a Matanza. Oh, I've given away a wee bit of a spoiler. I think it's about, I, I mean, it's about four years old now, so I think I can get away with it. But he was Matanza in Lucha Underground, which for me is still, you know, I think from start to finish, the best wrestling show that has ever existed because it didn't have enough like time to have any low points. That, I think, is still on the US Netflix. Really? Which you can access using a VPN. Well, there you go, uh, and this is how you want to do it. If you've not heard what a VPN is, basically a VPN, like ExpressVPN, lets you change your lo online location so you can tr control where you want sites to think you're located. So you basically download ExpressVPN, open the app, select a location, tap one button to connect and refresh the page to access thousands of new shows, movies, on the likes of Netflix, on the likes of Hulu. Um, if you were in the States and listening in the States just now, you can access BBC iPlayer. Um, you can also now access on it Peacock. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard of Peacock, but it's a massive streaming service over in America, and you can access that via ExpressVPN. In fact, you can choose from 100 different countries. So, you, like, you can have Netflix Australia, Netflix Canada, you can access... You don't want Netflix Australia, John. You don't want Netflix Australia. <laughs> Just nothing to Netflix on Australia. <laughs> There you go. Um, so, for example, you can get like, for example, the Dark Knights on Netflix Canada at the moment. So, if you want to see the Dark Knight, you can you can access that or Netflix Japan, and you can get all the anime stuff that Alex watches. Um, so, get involved now, and um, we've got a special offer um, on that. If you go to expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling. You can basically get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. So if you sign up for a year, we're going to sort you out with an extra three months for free uh, with that code. And, you know, why would you choose ExpressVPN over other VPNs? Well, it's quite easy. Uh, you can stream in HD, no problem. There's no buffering or lag. It's compatible with all devices. So you can get it on your phone, your laptop, your media consoles, smart TVs and more. Um, and not only does it let you change your location, this is the great thing about ExpressVPN and all VPNs. It also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and honestly because, you know, a lot of people can get your data and VPN and ExpressVPN stops people doing that. Um, so if you want those three months for free, just sign up for a year and do that at expressvpn.com slash wrestling. That's express V, the letter, P, the letter, N, dot com forward slash wrestling. <laughs> It's back for 2021 as we bury and put over all the big shows. Later on in the show, we're going to be giving our predictions for our relevant promotions. Um, Gary's going to do WWE, I'm going to do NXT, and Alex, of course, is going to do AEW. And as usual, we like to invite a guest, Mark, onto the show. And it wouldn't be wrestling daft without um. It's our number one fan, our number one guest, Mark. It's Mr. Bronze Chill. How are you, Bronze Chill Stroke Paul? <laughs> I'm good, guys. We're always breaking kayfabe. I break kayfabe. <laughs> stroke Axe a bomber man on Twitter as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing good, guys. How about yourselves? I am good. Have it's you got good. any New Year's resolutions? 
Um, kebabs over abs 2021. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're quite right. I always think you should make a good res. You know, all these people go, Oh, I'm going to stop drinking, I'm going to stop smoking. Make yourself fucking good resolution. Do you know what? I'm going to eat a chocolate bar every single day. Yeah, Do you know what? Definitely. I'm going to have sex at least once a week. You know, that I, I don't think wrestling fans can have that one. No, that's, that's, that's <laughs> probably true. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, I'm married, so I can't have that one either. <laughs> um, but, yeah, make yourself a good resolution. That's what I say. Anyway, we're all still watching the wrestling, and my resolution is to watch more wrestling this year because I've, I felt I've slipped a wee bit. I've stopped watching Raw and SmackDown, so I'm, I've decided over the Christmas period I watched a lot more wrestling. Uh, so I've been enjoying it again. Um, but, We'll start off with where we normally start, and this is something I've watched a lot of over the, the festive period, it's AEW and Big Alex, and it's been some festive period for AEW. It has, but before we get into that, I need to put over Inside the Ropes for giving Tony Schiavone the Commentator of the Year award. Yeah! And honestly, out of all the photos of everybody with awards, when I get sent the Tony Schiavone one, it was the one that I was like, that's the greatest photo I've ever seen because he looks like the most innocent guy on the planet. And it's just like, man, you just look delighted with that award. (laughs) Just just while we're at it, can you go through who won the Inside Rope Awards? if you, if you remember off yeah, the top of your head. Um... I can indeed. Um, so promotion of the year was AEW. Um, hard to argue with that one, I think. Yeah, that was obvious. Let's that be obvious. Uh, there was a couple that, uh, you know, we done, we done it as a panel because um, we done the ITR50. Were, pa- were you on the panel? Yeah, guys? yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we done the ITR50 one, which was across everybody and inside the ropes, like pretty much everyone on the writing team. And then this one we done with a slightly more select panel. Um, but there was obviously still ones that weren't who I voted for but most of the ones were ones I voted for so um, promotion of the year was AEW uh, then we had men's wrestler of the year was Drew McIntyre yep again hard one to argue yeah it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, women's wrestler of the year was Bailey. Um again kind of obvious one uh, we had manager of the year was it ended up being slightly contentious because it was Paul Heyman, but people were getting annoyed that we used manager of the year, but that's the award. Like it's just that he fitted in that category despite no calling himself a manager. Yeah. Because well, you couldn't get anybody else. Of the year as well. Just, yeah. Just if we called, named it, it'd be difficult. Aye, if we named it advocate or special counsel of the year, there would only be one option and uh, yeah. it wouldn't really make any sense. So he, he was uh, he was manager of the year. Um, we had underrated of the year, which was one that I kind of... I, I hate those terms anyway, but underrated of the year was uh, Bianca Belair. And then the one that I disagreed with quite strongly was uh, most improved of the year, which was Jey Uso. Whereas for me, I don't think he's been improved in any way. I think he's just been given the spotlight to yeah. shine. Um, but again, it was quite hard to argue with. Who would uh, you put forward for that? Uh, for most improved of the year, I think I put Britt Baker. No, that's a great shout. I think that that's was my shout, shout for that one. I um, but there was a, there was a load that all on uh, the inside the ropes Twitter, but you need to scroll back a wee bit. Thankfully, um, AEW were really kind to us and retweeted a lot of them. Oh, uh, co- oh there was um, that the other contentious one that was interviews of the year. Um, which people didn't really know what that meant. It just meant anyone that's been on television with a microphone, whether it be promos or backstage interviews. That was Cody Rhodes. Uh, we gave that one, uh, which again, 
Eddie Kingston could have been there, but he's Jake not been snake. on TV Jake for. The snake. Yeah. For, for that, I for that one, that was my. Um, we done a wee kind of thing with you know in, internal. What was your promo of the year? And that was my promo of the year. Was the Jake the Snake? Don't turn your back on somebody you, uh, I think it's you're intimidated by or you fear or whatever and that, yeah. that promo was absolutely brilliant but I that, that was the kind of main ones there was a lot of them um, but I, AEW promotion of the year was the, the, the biggest one and then commentator of the year Tony Schiavone so, so there you go and it nicely leads into Alex talking about last week's AEW well before that one as well we do have to put them over again for how well they've handled the death yeah. of John Huber. I think we have to mention that. We mentioned it was him. a brilliant tribute show. Absolutely yeah. brilliant tribute show. That I yeah, love. Lot, that. I don't know if there. seen it. And if you if you haven't seen it, please get onto Twitter and, and watch the promo that Eddie Kingston cuts backstage Aye. after the show. It was incredible. Have you seen they're doing negative one, which is Brody's son versus uh, Marco Stunt? Marco on, Stunt <laughs> on dark next week. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Or today, technically, because it's Tuesday today. Yes. Yeah. But into the show. Into the show. I'm going to be horrible and start with the bury. Okay, to start the year with the bury. Snoop Dogg's fucking frog splash, guys. What the fuck? <laughs> and and it, was on my, it was on my Mansour Pentacle, which is even worse. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was the way that he just like it just crumpled as he hit the floor and the commentators tried to sell it as like as though it was some kind of knee drop. Why are you Aye. a stoner up to the top rope? I mean, it's just going to end in disaster. Because he's used to getting high. Hey! <laughs> Did you hear some of the commentary lines? Like Jericho said something like he doesn't have a wrestler's license and then did JR call him a human piece of spaghetti, I think. So <laughs> classical round, classical round. I do then have to do the flip side and put over the fact that they're now big enough to get a star like Snoop Dogg on the show. I understand that it's because of the cross-promotion with the show with, um, with Cody and stuff, but they had him in a couple of segments. He was highlighted in the show. I mean, he got the bits of private party and stuff that were quite good. And yeah, generally it was a good day. He even came out and played on with the clipboard. And yeah, it was generally a positive. I just had to highlight that that was the worst frog splash anyone's ever seen. Like Eddie Guerrero literally turned in his grave when that happened. But, <laughs> but yeah. Sasha Banks responded to it. <laughs> <laughs> she, she quote tweeted it and said, we need to work on this. So yeah. <laughs> You'd think he might have asked his cousin for a little bit of assistance aye. before doing are the they, Are they genuine cousins? Aye, aye. They are, they are relatives. Like, like, they're genuine, genuine blood like, relatives. Yeah, yeah. Right, so genuinely, like, Sasha's uncle is like Snoop Dogg's dad or something like that. No, I'm yeah, unsure yeah. the specifics, but yes, they or are. Or is it blood one of those cousins, cousins that are like you know, <laughs> no, no, they're, they're like Nia Jackson and Rock and, Rock and Roman? Yeah, it's not a blood brothers thing. It's like an actual so relationship. You know, in Scotland, you're like Moz pals, your auntie, and it's like they're your cousin as well. Is it one of those ones? No, no, no. I think this is a legitimate. Right, okay, okay. I'll have just found it next week, Gary. The, the last four uh, awards were all AEW ones that I forgot, and it was um, the Bill Aptor Legends Award, which is an active legend, was Dustin Rhodes. Uh, the heel of the year was MJF. Tag Team of the Year is another one a few people disagreed with. It was the Young Bucks, who I did vote for. Um, I'll say that. Uh, that was one of the contentious ones. And Match of the Year, I'm going to see if any of you can guess this, unless you've already seen what it was. Know, Match of the Year was a contentious one. I know what it is, so I'm going to stay out of it. Match of the year was Stadium Stampede, which people split them right down the middle. Let's just say that, <laughs> and it yeah. wasn't my vote. <laughs> well, I mean, we had to we split it up. We we did cinematic and yeah. actual match, yeah, and yeah, actual yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. I so I, that that one. And you match didn't of the even agree with the cinematic. I know. I was about to say. I think Ron's going to shout at me here because I had to override the Firefly Funhouse, which I loved as well. That was. Anyway, let's continue with AEW. Back to the buddies and pullovers. <laughs> okay, very very number two. Run down to the serious stuff. 
I want to bury Trent for pulling his peck and being out for five months. I don't know how I'm going to cope without the best friends for five months. It's going to be very upsetting. And I'm not quite sure what they're doing with this Chucky T young boy storyline with um, with Miro. So, but I'll give them till a couple of weeks because he's obviously going to lose that match. And we're obviously going to have Chucky T young boy for at least the next couple of weeks. So it could go either way. Let's be honest. I think it could be for five months, if I'm honest with you, yeah, Alex. It could, it could be for a while, couldn't it? So, no, I don't know, because it could lead to, like, Cassidy versus Miro, which I think could be quite good. So, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And the final putover of the evening has to be a certain Bullet Club invasion, really, doesn't it? Yeah. We've been waiting for it for a couple of weeks, and it was good that we finally got the Impact talent turning up on... Um, on AEW and of course the illegal signal for those that don't know WWE are very against the Bullet Club's use of the term too sweet so I'm just going to call it the illegal hand gesture in the middle of the ring to close the show which was very applicable uh, match of the night I do want to give a quick shout out to Wardog for doing a tremendous match and somehow getting a mildly enjoyable match out of Jake Hader I think Wardlow that was actually a really should... good match I really enjoyed yeah. that Wardlow would have been another good shout for most improved this year Wardlow I yeah, aye, he would be a great shout for most improved. Because for me, I keep saying it where he's like, um, and I hate the comparison, but the way I was with Peyton Royce before, where I'm like, at some point I need to realise that they are just good in the ring rather than going, oh, that was really surprising that they had a good match. And Wardlow yeah. has been doing it every single time he's been in the ring. So. He's hit that point now. If he can get a good ma- big man match at Hager, he's sold it for me. He's sold it for me. It's <laughs> terrific. Um, but match of the night has to go to Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix for the belt. I mean, that fucking moonsault German suplex was was an absolute delight. And there was a couple of good little pop-up V-trigger moments and stuff as well. And what was the Jericho comment? Something about resting on a trampoline, I think. So uh, Jericho did have a great night in commentary. And I will leave it there since I feel like I've been talking about AEW for far too long now. <laughs> Not long well, enough. Not long enough. Well, let's move on to NXT then. And we kicked off with New Year's Evil. See what they did there. I hate, and there was nothing fucking evil about it, really. There was that some of the you expect, you know, they've already they've just had Halloween havoc a couple of months ago, and you think, oh, they maybe. could have at least got Shotzi in that red cat suit again. Yeah, well, they could have done that. They didn't do that, but uh, they had Dexter Loomis hosting it, and that was pointless because he didn't fucking say anything because that's his character, <laughs> and he draws cartoons, which I'm going to have to bury. Uh, I'm just putting aww, aside, <laughs> a psycho that draws fucking cartoons like Rolf Harris. Come on, he fuck, get that in the bin. Would um, you not argue that Rolf Harris? Is I was going to say a little bit of a psycho. <laughs> Rolf, uh, Rolf Harris is more sinister than Dexter Loomis, so uh, it's, it's, it's maybe it's maybe a good point actually. I'll take that on board. Uh, maybe with the his character, Matt. I hope not. Um, right. <laughs> oh, get... just don't say that. Someone's going to come up with a woogie board and just automatically be a heel next week. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up with a wobble board. Can you get to one of these yet? Um, right. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll get into the show now. Uh, let's start off with a put over. And I fucking love it. I knew I would love it. The fucking. ZLE, Boa Aye. faction. Aye. Gary, what are we calling this? Has there been a review on the name? No idea, but I do think, and they've still no review to it, as I do think I was right with it being Karen Q. I think that's on yeah. name, and they've, uh, they've, they've a load of names trademarked, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the t- trademarks in the news, um, but uh, they've got Karen Kwan, I think it is, that right. she's going to be um, So I, I don't think there is an official name for it yet, but the one thing I'm certain of that I've not seen, I'm sure Jeremy Borash is the guy behind all this, has to be. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. Good. It's been built up. 
Loved the presentation of it. Loved the, the, the kind of throwing. I've not seen that in wrestling before. The kind of throne sat up on the stage and just send out, the, the, you know, our, our trainees. I mean, Zia Louie looked brilliant. I mean, looked fantastic. Uh, that whole Cobra, I mean, Cobra Kai is so hot at the moment, you know. And Why has Cobra Kai not been hot for two years? Because it was on YouTube television. That's well, exactly. and, and also, do you know why you've not seen it, John? Because you've not watched Lucha Underground, because that same thing happened on Lucha Underground. All right, okay. <laughs> so actually, it's a rip-off of Lucha Underground, John. You're going to bury it now. Sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> right. No, it was, it was great. I loved the presentation. I loved the kind of karate style, you know, um, in-ring style from ZOE. And she is going to be a star out of this, I think. And I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what Boa does in the, the ring now. I, th- I think he's a really good wrestler, and I'm really excited that, you know, this faction are hopefully going to get a push up the, in, in this year. So really exciting stuff. Loved the presentation, loved everything about it. So that's my first put over. Uh, let's go to the Burries. Um, I've already talked about New Year's Evil. Shotzi, I'm going back to. Sh- I love. I, I love what Shotzi did here, the, especially shooting the cannonball into fucking um, Austin Theory's balls. That was incredible. And what a name! What a name! Uh, so she shot her new tank, and I hope that's going to be a thing going forward. That Shotzi shoots her tank thing at people's balls because it's brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah, Shotzi scream. I hate it. I hate. I, I talked about it. They have that. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Get it. Get rid of it. She's great, and I think she's going to have a great year, but get rid of that scream. Hated it. And I've already talked about Loomis as a cartoonist. Um, let's talk about um, another buddy. The fight pit match. Now, it's been av- it was advertised, it was advertised, and then suddenly we get a, a vignette saying that Timothy Thatcher's injured, in inverted commas, and we don't get the fight pit match. Gary, have you got any inside scoop on that? No idea. Um, I thought it might have been... COVID related until I think we actually seen Thatcher. Uh, I'm not sure if we've seen Champa though, but again, I don't want to speculate on that, but I think it might just be due to an injury. Weirdly, it was I think it was about eight hours before the show, before they announced anything that they used, um, or well, WWE.com just removed it for the preview, went to a dead page, the same pages that you get when you search for Enzo Amore on, the, on WWE.com. Um, but they had then uh, Mackenzie Mitchell say, oh, just hearing some news, I'm going to go and check it out. I'm like, you should actually put that stuff into the show. You should have Mackenzie Mitchell say, I've just went on WWE.com and seen the previews down. I'm going yeah. to investigate. And it just makes it seem more real. But they didn't do that. Uh, but none, no official line as to what happened, why it wasn't there. Bit annoying because I was really looking forward to it. But I think yeah. we'll probably see that match in the future anyway. I, I think we will. I, do you know what? I tend to think it's been, a, a you know, maybe a, a production issue in terms of maybe getting the caging or something like that. Maybe I, because obviously they had a problem with the, I, the, the the War Games um, structure. Obviously, they had to have it lifted down. So could be, could simply be something like that. Yeah, yeah. But well, hopefully we'll get that match uh, down the line because I was really looking forward to that as well. I thought it would been a barnstormer. Um, but let's go to Mother put over uh, before going to my match of the night because uh, I want to talk about it is the Damien Priest versus Karrion Cross match I was really I thought Priest got a lot in there I thought they made them look really really good against Karrion Cross which I was surprised about um, but you know if rumours are to be true that he's heading up to the main roster um, I thought he looked really really good in it and um, I thought I was you know Karrion you could tell he was a little bit ring rusty carrying cross on it, but I thought Priest carried him through it really, really well. And I thought I thought it was a really decent match. So it was good to see Damien Priest getting in. It was obviously good to see carrying cross back in the ring 
Uh, and he obviously is going to be a, a massive star in 2021. Priest we'll has been a beast. And the, I'm sorry. Priest has been a beast, and the main roster is very lucky to be getting Priest and Ripley pre-Rumble. Because they yeah. can certainly can build half their matches around those two NXT talent that are proven. So. Yeah, well, I've, they've not really done that in the past, though, Alex, so we'll wait and see. I think they like Ripley. You don't get a match against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania for nothing, mate. Yeah, that, well, I, I think um, I think she might eliminate Charlotte to win the Rumble mm, as an early call. As, um, Ripley to win the Rumble, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That's a good show. It's a good show. Um, and uh, match tonight, it's got to be, talking about Rhea Ripley, it's got to be the last woman standing. I thought it was really really good really cracking match they put their bodies through hell the two of them it made gonzalez look like a million bucks you know we've already talked about her at war games but i thought she looked incredible in this match uh, as did ripley you know if ripley's off to the main roster and i think that it seems very obvious she's done everything she can now in nxt but uh i think gonzalez is just there to pick up the baton from her um, and, and continue that kind of dominant female um, and I, I fully expect her to have the, the title on her um, in the next few months um, so no really really good enjoyed the show really looking forward to NXT in 2021 I think yeah, 2020 for NXT I, I don't think I had a great 2020 I had its high points but I'm really got my fingers crossed for 2021 and, and the future of the brand um, Bronze Cello let's move on to Smackdown on Friday night what did you make of that? So, yeah, again, another enjoyable SmackDown. Um, it, it was good over the Christmas period as well. There was 4 million people watched the, the Owens cage match against uh, Roman Reigns. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, last week at New Year as well, the ending segment with Owens getting thrown through uh, the table from, you know, high up in the screens, up in the Thunderdome. That leads into my first put over for this week. Um, Reigns says he respects Owens, but he put him in a tough spot. He's not to blame and called out Adam Pierce. So he said to Pierce that he felt that he feels that he feels stupid. And Roman grabbed him by the neck, and Pierce says that he respects him. So later in the show, Heyman tells Pierce that he's now been put into the number one contender's five way gauntlet match for the main event. So I thought that was a bit weird at the beginning, but we'll, we'll get to that later on. Um, my next put over was the Rude Ziggler versus the Street Profits match. It was absolutely brilliant. And my big put over for that was both teams had matching gear on and it made them look <laughs> like proper tag teams. It's like Heart Foundation-esque as well. Yeah, it was It was. They just need to give Ziggler and Rude a name now. Yeah. <laughs> There's Dirty Dogs. They're called dirty the Dirty Dogs. dogs. Yeah. Oh, they officially called them the Dirty Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, a terrible name. Aye, it's a terrible name. Aye, it's, it's better than Ziggler and Root because how many times has Ziggler won the tag team championship and it's Dolph Ziggler and? Yeah, exactly. So, n- new champions, absolutely brilliant. Can't complain. So, I'm glad that they're finally making some new tag team. Well, not say new tag teams, making tag teams like genuine ones instead of just throwing people together. Um, so, I've got a bit of a buddy, but then it turned into a put over. So, Billy Kay asked to join the riot squad. They said no, and she started crying. And then it turned into a put over because Liv, Liv Morgan says, Look, it's not that we don't want you. So then she stopped crying and said that she can join them because she's punk and edgy, listens to Blink 182, and now on the resume is Mosh Pit Expert. I love I love that segment. I really I, Billy Kay's brilliant. I really really like. I I've still got to put up the diacorics, but Billy Kay's fucking brilliant. 
Yeah. I'm just so happy they've given her something to do. Exactly. Yeah. Because I think the last time I was on here, I buried it because it was like, if this leads to nothing, it's just pointless. But, you know, if they're putting them with the Riot Squad, happy with that. Give her something to do. Look forward to seeing where it goes. And my final put-over in match of the night was the uh, the gauntlet match. So, very quickly, Ray eliminated Sami. Nakamura eliminated Ray. Nakamura eliminated Corbin. Nakamura eliminated Brian. And he just looked absolutely brilliant in it. Mm. And then at the very end, Adam Pierce came out with Roman Reigns. And Uso and Reigns battered Nakamura. They told Pierce to cover him. He refused. So they battered Adam Pierce and threw him on the top. So he's now the number one contender at the Royal Rumble. What um, do we what do we think about the Adam Adam Pierce scenario? Here? The storyline, let it play out. Exactly. And, and the best sell I've seen on any kick ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like absolutely amazing. I think it's adding to the tribal chief storyline. It's in Roman's character to do something like that, and it's, I, mean, I can't. And Pierce is brilliant in the ring as well. Mm-hmm. Former NWA champion. Five so. times, you know, five times or something like that. Um, I, I, I really like the obviously the the put a face turn, the face turn on Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Do we think uh, the match is actually going to go ahead, or do you think they're going to sub someone in for Pierce? They, they could bring in somebody, I but I don't think I, I, I would kind of hope it goes ahead. But the one thing that everybody online's gone, oh, it's really annoying Nakamura didn't win that match, and I'm going, that is a really close minded way to think because nobody before the match was saying that. It was the way they actually built Nakamura in the match that made people think that, which is obviously where the story's going to lead. Do, do you so, think? Do you think? You know, I mean, WWE are tip, uh, dipping their toes in the water a lot at the moment because obviously for WrestleMania fans, do you think Nakamura could be a potential uh, contender for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? No, I think it's going to be no. Goldberg. Still, I think they're still going to go down that route. Um, yeah, it'll be a elimination chamber for Nakamura then. Uh, what one thing I said the day that I really want to happen is for um, Roman Reigns to cost Biggie the Intercontinental Championship in a match against Jey Uso. Have Jey Uso be Intercontinental Champion, and it gives Biggie a reason to go after Roman Reigns without making him look weak in any way. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Nakamura. Ah, uh, it's a bit of a weird one because I always forget that he's actually part of the SmackDown roster. But we've seen what he can do on SmackDown. I don't think they would give him the Rumble because he's already won a Rumble. But you never know. But uh, they might do something, maybe Elimination Chamber and stick him in somewhere. I don't know. Maybe even have him take on Drew. That'd be interesting. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I, I liked it. Like, well, so uh, that match, the Gauntlet match, match of night, Paul, yeah? Oh, definitely, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I'd probably put it up there as a match of the year contender already. Wow. Oh, yeah, really yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Um, fantastic. Um, Raw SmackDown sounds good. Obviously, Raw had its issues where we heard the news about, you know, Drew getting COVID. I uh, hope the big man gets well soon. Um, Gary, was Raw equal to SmackDown? Definitely not. Right. <laughs> I'm going to say that, you know, the big disclaimer there is that Drew McIntyre, obviously not on the show, massive part, well, he kind of was on the show, but not live in the building, massive part of the show. And there are rumours, uh, we will say rumours just for legal purposes, um, that it's not just him that is out of action due to COVID. Uh, so, depleted roster. There were people who were in the building who weren't used, which is a bit odd. Don't know why that was. People that we'd expect to see. Um, but I think, I'm not sure how much changed of the very end of the show, 
But I think WWE deserve credit for being able to put a show together that the start and the end were really good because that, for me, I always say that the, the last impression is the lasting impression. And it was. Everything in between was pretty bad, though. Um, I, I will say that. But I think mitigating circumstances. However, first put over, I'm going to be a mark and say it. Triple H. Just seeing, seeing Triple H back, absolutely amazing. Uh you know, he's no, uh, he's no wrestled. He didn't wrestle all of 2020, which is the first year that he's not wrestled since his debut, which was a mind-blowing stat, I thought. Uh, obviously, <laughs> they realised that and then the second draw, uh, <laughs> the 2021 go, get out there and wrestle. Um, but uh, he's just amazing on the mic, I think. I-, I think he's still one of the best promos in wrestling. Annoyingly, that would lead me to my first bury, which is they completely reused the exact same promo Randy Orton cut on Triple H from his last match that was televised. Um, the about having Stephanie having his balls in a purse. Uh, exact same promo. <laughs> Literally the exact same promo. Uh, and stacking in with that, I think it is mitigating, mitigating circumstances that they had to throw something together in quite quick, you know, fashion, because we also had them repeating the same segment across the show. We had two matches where one after the other, short matches ending for outside interference. We then had two matches where the babyface got defeated by somebody in quick fashion and then called out the person that was with the person that beat them. It, it just seemed like a show that was very rushed, very put together. Don't, don't and, let them off too much, Gary, because that's is that not them every week? Do you know what I mean? Like every week, I, story that Vince is coming and being like, nah, rip this up. And so the show's rushed. Just- as the one thing that I thought after it was, it maybe wasn't it too out of the normal that we didn't get a good draw. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't I, sound I, like it's anything different. No, but the one thing I'll say that I think, you know, full credit to the, the wrestlers that pulled double duty because there was four of them that pulled double duty. Um, but I, it did seem like... I feel like I'm, I need to give them a wee bit of credit for being able to pull a show at the bag. But the one criticism I'd have of that is where we've got Hunter's archive content, just use some of that. Uh, you know, you just put a brilliant uh, Bailey thing with Stone Cold, use a bit of that, uh, drive people to the network. But essentially everything in between the, the start and the finish was they very good. There was one thing that, again, continuity-wise... They done something brilliant and then yanked it straight back two seconds later. They had Drew Gulak declare himself for the Royal Rumble. Adam Pearce says, wait a second, you can't declare yourself for the Royal Rumble because, you know, then we'd just have every member of the roster declare themselves. And he points at AJ Styles and goes, well, he done it. Why can't I? <laughs> brilliant. However, five minutes later, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke declare themselves for the Royal Rumble. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, you've done something brilliant. I don't know how many biddies I've chucked in there, but let's just say that there was more than two and everything in between the Triple H segments wasn't very good. Um, I will chuck in another wee put over, and it is the fact that they had Drew McIntyre openly and honestly say that he contracted COVID, tested positive, had him live on the show via Zoom link. People were saying, they're not going to have him in the building, are they? I'm going, for a start, they've said he's isolating, but two, they're not going to have somebody with fucking COVID in the building. How stupid can you be? Um, But they had him very openly, transparently mention that if he can get it, anyone can. Wear your masks, keep your distance. I thought it was a really good thing at WWE to do because they get a lot of criticism for kind of being a bit tone deaf with this kind of thing when they are. So I think you need to put them over a wee bit when they actually do something good. I think um, around sport in general is becoming a lot better at owning up to their wrongs with COVID, I think, over the past couple of months. Like, a lot of people have had it, and it's 
not yep. quite the embarrassing thing it used to be. No, and I think that's important because you don't want to create a stigma over something like that because that's how you get people, you know, breaking rules and hiding it exactly. and then it ended up spreading it further. Uh, but for me, that was brilliant. The fact that Adam actually mentioned the word COVID, first time it's been said on WWE television since almost a year ago when it was actually first said. Um, so that was quite good. But um, I, the, the kind of thing that you can only really wish him well, he said that he's asymptomatic, which also is, I guess, part of that put over. And hopefully he's, he's fit and healthy and back in time for beating Goldberg in the, <laughs> at the Royal Rumble. Uh, we'll wait and see how that goes. Um, but match of the night, everybody was pulling double duty. My match of the night is not even a match because there wasn't a referee there. But it is, of course, Triple H coming back. The, the best way to describe it, Triple H comes back to wrestle a match that isn't actually a match, pulls out a sledgehammer, Sledgehammer catches fire somehow, and then the match ends with Alexa Bliss shooting Randy Orton with fire. How can that not be your match of the night? It has to be match of the night. If you don't want a bit raw, watch a start and a finish, and and there you are. If you don't watch watch that, John, just just type in Alexa Bliss blinds Randy Orton. Did I I see right that Alexa Bliss threw out a fireball like Ryu did in Street Fighter? Yes. Yes. Christ. And, And I really liked it. I know that it's the kind of thing that splits a lot of people. A lot of people don't like magic in wrestling, despite believing The Undertaker is uh, one of the best wrestlers ever. But for me, I just thought it was absolutely amazing. So, uh, Raw, for me, do the thing that I've done the past few weeks, um, which I'm kind of giving the game away, where you go in the BT Sport app and you skip through a lot of stuff. Just watch the first segment and the end segment. Ignore everything else. You don't need to see it now. Just watch Triple H and you're sorted. Right, okay. I will do that. And if you haven't watched Raw yet, there's some good advice from Gary for this week. Um, Paul, as ever, thank you very much for coming. Two seconds, John. You cannot, it's when you have a guest on at this time of year in a wrestling podcast, you have to ask them a very important question. What's that? Who you got for the Rumble, Paul? Oh, Oh, yeah. Who you got for the Rumble? (laughs) So I have a very controversial prediction, and the listeners will probably think this as well. So I think that Goldberg is going to beat Drew, and then Matt Riddle is going to win the Rumble. Oh, I'd love that. I would fucking love that. Aye. Uh, uh, that's good. That's that. good. Uh, I would fucking lo- I would Kevin Keegan, I wouldn't mind uh, Drew losing the title to uh, if fucking Matt Riddle beat him at WrestleMania for it. I would love that. Aye. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Book it, Paul. Book it. Um, we'll obviously we'll, we'll talk about our Rumble production predictions further on uh, down the line. Uh, but thanks for coming on as ever, Paul. Uh, remember, if you want to get your buddies and putovers from this week of wrestling uh, to Rab and Gradle, who are back on Friday, uh, you can do that at Wrestling Daft. You can do it on Instagram at Wrestling Daft Podcast or Plain Old Wrestling Daft on the Facebook. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's... The Wrestling News with Gary Castle. It's a new year, but the jingle hasn't changed. There we go. Um, we're heading up to Rumble season, as we've talked about. It's WrestleMania season, just about to kick off. 
Um, and there's a bit of news going about, um, mostly involving WWE. And let's first of all kick off with a, a story we alluded to earlier on. We talked about Drew's um, unfortunately catching the COVID, um, and it appears there might be some more people catching it as well, Gary. Aye, that was a nice few months we had where COVID actually didn't feature in the news <laughs> so often, yeah, but back. it seems like it's back. Um, so I'm not sure if this is good timing or bad timing, because obviously we're a few weeks away from 30-person wrestling matches being a thing. <laughs> where, uh, I was wanting to say earlier, is, yeah. is there, like, I mean, are they going to be able to do this? Yeah, so I guess if there is a time to catch it, maybe two weeks beforehand means that they'll be out of the woods for that, or maybe not. Um, but I tricky tricky stuff and Drew McIntyre you can see why they had to admit that he was one of the names because it was scheduled to face Randy Orton he's the WWE champion um so they admitted that that Drew McIntyre I say admitted that's a poor word to use um they announced that Drew McIntyre uh, has tested positive for COVID not the only one apparently um, so quite a few people reporting this. Wrestling Observer, Ringside News also reporting that, and Fightful, and also I believe PW Insider put it out. The kind of thing, how many of those outlets are going to be wrong? Not all of them at once, definitely, and they all have pretty uh, decent track records the past wee while. So Dave Meltzer said at least four WWE superstars um, recently tested positive uh, or have just gotten over the virus, um, two of which were Drew McIntyre and a SmackDown superstar, which was from last week. Uh, and the final two wrestlers include a big star who's just returned to TV and an NXT superstar. I hate all this nonsense anyway, because I don't feel like, you know, we shouldn't really speculate on it unless you're given a name, unless they admit to it. And we did mention there shouldn't be a stigma about it. Um, but four names at least. Uh, and again, it's the, the damning part of this is Drew McIntyre being one of them because you don't really know the timeline. And then if you look at what Drew McIntyre was doing the last week on Raw, it was next to a whole lot of people that are in yep. a pretty... Uh... But, but did they not have Keith Lee on this week and Keith Lee on last week? So the logic is that he wrestled Keith Lee last week so that he was fine last week. It would week need to be in between. Yeah, because so... Keith Lee would have got it if he wrestled them when he had it. Yeah, and I believe they are testing every week before the show. So I'd wonder, the one thing is there's a lot of stuff we don't know about, you know, how the virus lies dormant and stuff like that. But it was with Keith Lee. He was obviously uh, in a segment right beside Hulk Hogan. He had physical contact with Goldberg. Um, but obviously these, you know, the kind of things you can't really do it. And a bit apart from test the people that are, were in contact with him and then see how it goes for there. I think with so every I, rumble entrant, we'll get them doing a little COVID swab on the way down the ramp. Just for <laughs> they should, they, they should honestly have everybody sanitize their hands on the way down. Uh, by so it looks Face like masks on until they get to the ring and then take them off. I, I don't suppose the like wrestlers have they been hanging about in Dubai with the Celtic team? Have they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I will refrain from commenting on that. Essential trips, Alec. It's somebody that put a bet on Hibs last night, Alec. <laughs> 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 refrain to comment. Uh, but I um, have you have you the, heard the thing the, is, you heard names, Gary? I know that we, we won't speculate. Have you heard what? Uh, no, no. I'd I'd heard absolutely nothing in terms of this. It's the kind of thing that I don't tend to ask about either because I don't like reporting on it. Um, no, I know that people say that you should report on, you know, everything, but for me, I don't really want to report on COVID cases, so I just don't. You know, wrestling's one of the things where I can pick and choose what I want to say. However, Fightful did say that, um, you know, 
the one thing that I always say, fight for always on the ball. I give my hard earned money to fight for as part of their Patreon subscription. Um, you know, the second best subscription service on Patreon, second to wrestling daft, I should say. Uh, but they have reported that it's not just WWE that's affected by this. AEW and Impact apparently have had people test positive in the past week as well. It's always going to be that thing where anybody that's not in the shows and the people are going to go, they've got COVID. So, well, the thing is, it's, it's going to happen. It's happening in every sport. You know, it's happening Aye. everywhere. 35 players in the, the English Premier League tested positive. You know what I mean? That was- world champion, like Lewis Hamilton won the F1 World Championship and then tested positive for COVID and missed the next race. Yep. I know. It's and everywhere. the Formula One bubble because of the money involved is like an actual bubble as well whereas wrestling obviously is not so much and wrestling's in America where restrictions aren't quite as strict yeah. so be interesting to see on the lead up to the Rumble I'm pretty sure we're going to be mentioning something else next week in relation to that story uh, with it predicting bad news too WWE much. has 25 performance centre trainees enter the Royal Rumble yeah. <laughs> well, one person that, um, there was a, you know again I mentioned that everybody looking at people and saying oh they've got Covid a lot of people said instantly last night when Xavier Woods walked out with it, Kofi Kingston however Kofi Kingston seems to have suffered a legitimate injury. Um, pretty bad one as well. Broken jaw, which, you know, we've, we've heard broken jaw used a lot and it is sometimes used in kayfabe or it's kind of expanded upon in a way that it's, you know, a bit of a knock and then they say, oh, a broken jaw or a broken face, I think Drew McIntyre had before. It's a bit of a tricky one to know when, you know, he's going to come back. Um, but... Apparently, he's saying it can only close one side of his mouth on Instagram. He said that. Um, said has to apologise because it feels like he's talking out the side of his mouth. Dealing with a jaw injury, mouth's only closing on one side. Um, so if it sounds funny, that's why. But it was addressed on Raw. They mentioned that that was why. Xavier Woods, of course, in action against T-Bar for Retribution but, I mean, on Finn, Raw. Finn Balor was out, what, a month and a half, two months? Yeah, he was close to two months, I think. And obviously it was, you know, his was a, a pretty bad one and they didn't even take the belt off him for it. So yeah. it could be back sooner rather than later. You know, and they could be embellishing. Broken's a bit of, a, you know, a, a word that they use now in relation to anything that's an injury. Uh, so I guess we'll wait and see. But good news he's not got COVID. I guess a broken jaws, he's up to, he's up to heal. So. Yeah, well, I mean, what is the tag division going to come to, though? Jesus Christ, all they've got is the heart business left. In the ta- and it looked like they were going to split them up. Oh, Aye. Uh, that, and that was um, so apparently the hurt business everybody was pointing at them as well but they were apparently backstage but they only had Lashley and MVP on the show again don't know why but yeah. um, and, and I weirdly the, the other bit of news comes from Raw and I, again I only glossed over it in my uh, buries and put overs because I mean I should have buried it but had enough to bury um, Ric Flair so last week on Raw Ric Flair tripped Charlotte Flair and it was one of those ones that was obvious that it was meant to be that he in storyline was meant to trip Peyton Royce was a bit too slow and tripped Charlotte Flair by accident <laughs> it didn't come across that way but it, did, it certainly did not no but I, I think it's the kind of thing that I immediately thought oh that's what was meant to happen but it was a bit contentious however it seems like WWE are now running with the fact that he deliberately tripped Charlotte <laughs> and, and we've got Ric Flair seemingly paired with Lacey Evans I don't get it. I really don't get it. Lacey Evans are all people because, you know, our finishers called... to his daughter. I wasn't going for for that. I was going for the full feminism aspect to our finishing move being called the women's right and all that kind of thing. And I guess she has played it up to the women's place. You know, she's said before, a woman's place in the kitchen and that. I hope they're not going back down this route with Ric Flair and her being like 
paired with him. But oh, could this be like the feminist awakening of Ric Flair? <laughs> that would be amazing if, if they give us my actual suggestion was I'd love to have one final Ric Flair match against Charlotte Flair and then putting over his own daughter uh, in the match um, but essentially it's now being reported that because of the wee boost that Legends Night got Ric Flair is back in a permanent capacity as a manager oh, because Ric Flair is the, the source of uh, the source of all ratings on Raw and that's uh, what we're going to get so that Let's Legends see. Night. Can we just talk about because we haven't talked about because we weren't all happy. <laughs> How bad was Legends Night? How fucking bad was it? Oh. See, the one thing I'll say, I didn't hate it because it seemed like they done that thing where they chucked about three million things into three hours. So at least the pacing of the show trotted along at an okay pace as opposed to last night, which it really dragged in between the, the start and the end. But oh, I, I kind of liked it. People are going to hate me. I kind of liked the Hulk Hogan bit at the start, oh, and I kind of liked the <laughs> and I kind of liked the Drew McIntyre Hulk Hogan thing as oh, well. Hate um, Jesus! But it was just the uh, and you know I, again I'm burying myself here, but I absolutely love the Boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Boogeyman Angel Garza bit, and I, I kind of like the nostalgia thing. But it did just seem like a panic button uh, had been hit. And, you know, especially the, the bringing that many people there for, what, 30 second cameos at the most and then sticking them all on the stage to watch a wrestling match. It was just a bit... Aye. And Mark Henry on his Twitter was a bit sad as well. Having a 71-year-old about while COVID is rife in WWE is not the best suggestion. What honestly. happens when they run out of legends in a couple of years when it gets to the stage these guys can't come back? They they will in theory have new legends to take I mean, over, but I don't know. It, they, they've <laughs> kind of missed like two generations of leg, legend generation, so they've got the old legends. And I mean, who would be the current? Carlito was meant to turn up, and Carlito couldn't he be asked to. Ah, uh, he said they wasn't doing it because of the. They also they advertised Candice Michelle, who said she hadn't been asked, and they advertised Kurt Angle, who um, said they had a prior engagement as well. But the one, uh, it was a damning thing where um, WWE UK sent round interviews that they'd done internally, and they do it quite a lot, where rather than, you know, if you've got Hulk Hogan for 20 minutes, then they might as well interview him and send the interview to all the outlets they want to cover the interview, rather than letting everybody interview him, and then yeah. the interview's all running, you've got three hours of Hulk Hogan um, so they sent round uh, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan interviews in the big show as well um, but the Hulk Hogan one they asked him about the Wrestlemania match with The Rock and passing the torch and he openly said we missed the boat on passing the torch we should have done it in the 80s should have done it in the 90s he, he said that nobody was ready to take the torch and they tried to put titles on folk I think a lot of people could have easily been made stars I think Jake the Snake made himself a star uh, for one. And obviously you look at Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and all that in between and they are counted rightfully as legends. But he mentioned that the passing of the torch, you know, there was no star like Hulk Hogan until The Rock who he passed the torch to. I think The Rock was already a star when he passed the torch as well. But it does, it was a bit of a, it was one of those ones where it kind of did give you a wee look through the, through the keyhole at, Hulk Hogan. No, the other thing is, he passed the torch to someone who was literally walking out the door. Aye. That, so that was my kind of thing where I'm going, the torch had already been passed at that point, not through choice. Uh, but it was a bit, uh, uh, although ironically, I got to call uh, Hulk Hogan humble in one of them because he mentioned that he wasn't the greatest of all time and that his <laughs> hero, Ric Flair, was. 
So uh, <laughs> Jesus. at least he's honest about something. Aye. Yeah, so like so good fun. Legends night was great. Let's have another one. Yeah, let's time. have another one. So, uh, <laughs> so that's it for the news. Thank you very much, Gary. <laughs> Uh, right, if you haven't done it yet, you've got some Christmas money sitting there that your granny gave you and it's just burning a hole in your pocket. Get involved with Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, where you can get more content from this very show. Um, three tiers up there, we all have a tier in Scotland. Tier one is actually quite good not like the tiers we have over here. You can get ad-free versions of all episodes, early episode access, bonus content from the show's full video version of this very podcast, and you get to vote on what you want to see in the list of wrestling dav and vote on Fantasy Booking Island as well. So that's all on tier one, and that's just three quid a month. Uh, tier two, you get in it to be an IC champion, but seven odd quid a month. Everything you get in tier one. Plus you get a video version of the flagship show with Rab and Grado each week. You get invites to our Patreon pay-per-view parties. We're going to do one for the Rumble, which is under discussion just now. Uh, you get a bonus episode once a month. In fact, sometimes you get a couple of bonus episodes once a month. Uh, last uh, month we did uh, the Daft 2020 where we give you the best and worst of the year and also we did a very special edition of WrestleMind the Buzznox as me and Gary took on Rab and Grado to find out the results you're going to have to get onto that uh, Patreon level. Um, tier 3 World Heavyweight Champion about 15 quid, everything in the previous tiers plus you get a free wrestling daft t-shirt if you sign up for 3 months. You'll be supporting the show and you get the first chance to come on as a guest mark or do a run in on the main show so that's what you want to be getting involved with if you have money and if you sign up now for the full year you'll get 10% off so there you go get involved now patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft we would love to have you on the roster. Woo! So like every wrestling outlet and every first episode of the year, we thought we'd do our predictions for 2021 and we'd split it into three categories. Uh, the categories being um, who we think is going to hold a belt in 2021, who we think is going to come out in as a big start in 2021 and also we want to make an outlandish prediction as well alex is going to do aew gary is going to do wwe and i am going to do nxt so where would we like to start i think we should start with aew and alex alex who do you think is going to have belts on them this year i'm going to go really obvious on this one it's got to be adam page they're going to build i think we're going to see the build to Adam Page as the world champion, taking the belt off Kenny Omega. I think it's going to be a long build. I think it's going to take the majority of the year. And I would now not be surprised to see Dark Order somehow involved in that storyline. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dark Order kind of become a face faction built around Page in a way, as kind of a bit of a, to kind of honor Brody Lee and to do something with that faction and give it a purpose. And I think they could integrate themselves well in with the Bullet Club reunion. It gives you two natural factions facing off against each other, and you can, you can build something out of that. Yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, what about TNA? Can you see what do you think that'll go this year? Can I give you a shout for uh, the champion thing first? I think yeah. Britt Baker's going to be a women's champion at some point this year. That's a good shout. I'd agree with that. I'd agree. I think she's earned it. I mean, we, I used to shit on her every week, but... As Inside the Ropes gave her the award, she has been significantly improved. She's I think great a on lot the of what, Yeah, it's it's a lot of the things I'm complaining about with her, I don't think are about her. I think it's more of the context and storyline she's been putting into. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
What about the TNA Championship? Uh, it's just, just where can you see that going this year? I think Gary's the man to ask about Impact, to be honest, John. Oh, the TNT championship. Uh, I was going to say, firstly, the TNA one is uh, not recognised because Moose holds that, so it's essentially FTW. <laughs> <laughs> See, to be honest, I think you'd be. I think Miro will get a run with it at some point. I think they'll try and build that mid card around him in a way, because right. I don't know what it is. I, I think there's going to be a big man in that mid card, and it doesn't seem to be Cage. It doesn't seem to be Archer, although Archer has teased cutting off his dreads. If any of you've seen that on Twitter. Oh, yeah, I've seen that, um, which is weird because it gives him character. I hate it, but it gives him character having the, the different hair. If he's just going to be a big bald man, I hope he's got like a mohawk. Yeah, I think he's going to have hopefully just done something guy. extreme with it. I really hope. I think um, it, I'd like to it see it like a lot. Push. It looked so, like it cut off a lot, but like, uh, you know, he's got a lot of hair, so might not actually be that much. Yeah, I don't know how long it is, and I, don't, I haven't followed his career long enough to know how long he's been growing that aye you know so. or how much of it is a uh, real hair and how much is not without um yeah without, exactly it's <laughs> got some so, kayfabe uh, ponytail yeah. um, i think i think the, the t a lot of the tnt stuff again will be built around darby darby and sting i think are going to dominate that for a good first portion of the month por- yeah. first portion of the year do you think they'll be they'll lead to any a darby sting match or do you think it'll be kind of mentor kind of father son type shenanigans wouldn't be surprised to see them do it. I don't like you. You can do a mentor, a teacher mentor feud, like a nice feud to a certain degree. They can have like an actual, like a gentleman's match kind of thing at the same time. Yeah. There's you don't have to have a feud around it. I don't think. I think that nope. is a think match. Sting you think Sting will wrestle this year then? I think Sting hit well. I think Gary Gary made a point of shooting me down when I said I hope he didn't, but he said <laughs> that he wouldn't have believed Sting would have signed a contract with AEW had he not been allowed to wrestle. And when he puts it like that, I can't disagree with him. Yeah. Okay. Right, Ed, let's go to the WWE next then, Gary. Um, obviously, Big Daddy Drew has got the title at the moment and Roman are both carrying them and they're looking like great champions. Who is going to be taking the titles off them, do you think? So I'm going to be hopeful and not say Goldberg here. Uh, <laughs> do you think they're both going to beat Goldberg? Do you think this is finally Goldberg loses to Drew, he loses to Roman, and he finally fucks off? I'm not so. sure. I think he's got one more year of his contract. Oh, <laughs> ruined my day. I, I, don't I hope so, though. You never know. They're not going to let Drew drop it to Goldberg. Sure. But then, but, but John, the, the the fiend match, and as well, like, and, well, and they might have. That was in Saudi Arabia, have, though. That was that's that was different. Can you imagine they have him beat Drew for the title and then beat Roman for the other title? Oh, don't. No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be. Now. I'm going to be hopeful. Um, although I think there's more chance that we see Randy Orton hold the title again than this guy because I think they might actually get him up there with the into 15 territory because he's at 14 now but I'm going to be hopeful and say the obvious one of Keith Lee um, I think either Keith Lee or Big E one of the two has to hold you know we're, we're saying that there needs to be a first time world champion again like there was with Drew McIntyre these two guys are the two guys obviously Miz would be the obvious option but I think either Keith Lee or Big E on one of the shows has to win one of the world titles and then you know, Roman Reigns could hold it forever, I think, and they'd, they'd complain too much. Uh, and I'm probably the same with Drew, actually, for a while, but I think one of the two definitely has to be, you know, an obvious choice, but I think one of them's going to hold one of the world titles. Can you see anything happen with IC or the US champion, anything interesting happening this year? I would like something to happen, but I th- 
Again, I don't know how. I, I, I would say that I think Jey Uso would be a good shout. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I think the way to get Big E in the title picture without making him look weak is to have Roman Reigns cost Big E against Jey Uso, and then Jey Uso wins the title. You've got those two. I mean, those two holding the two singles titles would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, uh, as a storyline. Anyway. Aye, that's the that's the one issue is when is Jimmy back? But again. I think a Jimmy versus Jay storyline would. Be- I, I think Jimmy comes back as a rebel against all of us. I think that's what will happen. So that that would be my dream with Intercontinental. Um, I think that's the way to do it. Um, the US title. I mean, Bronze Cello has convinced me otherwise, but I would have loved the Riddle to hold it for a wee while. Uh, but I think having him versus Goldberg is, is gold. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, I would love that. But I, uh, US title is one of those titles that I don't really like anyway because I think. Anybody that holds it that isn't like proper, you know, patriotic American is a bit of a waste. So I don't really know. Uh, and plus, we all not sick of that anti. You get the US title and you just become. And then it's just I. I it just it becomes a xenophobic storylines left, right, and center. Do you know how I'd love to hold it? Get it, Sami Zayn. Switch him to Ron. Chuck chuck it on him. That'd be good. So I. I've, I've not really got high hopes for those two titles because I think they get lost in the shuffle. But any point in talking about the tag team titles? Then no. no. We'll just prediction: uh, the rascals will hold. <laughs> no, I don't think they will. I think they're a while off. Yeah. Um, but I, I the boys, less what Gary, doing. the boys, give it to the boys. The boys will unify all three tag teams. Uh, nah, I can't see it. I can see us trodding along for the next year. We. With the same tag teams in, in charge, mm-hmm. the Street Profits will win the big end. There you go. <laughs> Women's title on both sides, Gary. Uh, Bianca Belair, I think, will be a women's yeah. champion this year. Uh, I think that's definitely a good shout. And I think I think Rhea Ripley. I think Rhea Ripley as well. I'm going to be hopeful and say that both of them will hold the two respective titles. But again, it's quite hard to predict that because, you know, there's former Charlotte Flair's probably going to hold one again. Uh, Bailey's probably going to hold one again. So it depends how long the reigns are. But I would say hopeful Bianca Belair or Rhea Ripley will hold a title. Becky coming back this year, maybe as well. Obviously, maybe will, will Ronda come back? Is there not back? talk of Ronda at the, at the at the Rumble at Mania? Yeah, um, it's one of those ones that I don't see happening as much as other people do. Uh, I think Becky Lynch will take a wee bit of time off, but you never know because it's the kind of thing where I always thought she would take some time off to go into Hollywood. Uh, obviously she went to motherhood instead uh, but I, I thought she'd take some time off to, to do some acting and I don't know if that's still on her radar because she was starting to do a wee bit of that um, so you never know I think I'm going to say no and I'll be pleasantly surprised if either of them do come back yeah okay um, NXT wise um, the main title I think it's I, I can I mean I'll get we'll get into the predictions later on but I, you know I think Karrion Cross is going to have it back on him, um, unless unless, unless they just go hell for leather and just stick him in the rumble and put him, you know, up onto the main roster. Um, I think Karrion Cross will, will have it back in his hand. Oh, have him win the rumble. That's a that's a shout. Oh yeah, uh, no, that would be a shout. Know, cause, a... Yeah, because then they're throwing us all off by putting him back in a dominant week win in NXT, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's Priest that's going up, and it's not Priest that's Cross." Oh man, that's what I want now. <laughs> uh, no, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think carrying cross. I think days of Champa, the days of Gargano holding that. I think they're gone now. I think 
yeah, I mean, they're obviously, they're like the NXT kind of, you know, they're, they're in a good place. Johnny Gargano's in a good place for the North American Championship at the moment. But I would like to see Pete Dunne um, pick up the championship this year. I don't know if he's going to do it by his carrying cross. I don't know how they would book that, but I think Pete Dunne would be a real good name. And the other would name, you keep would... Pat in his corner? Well, there you go. They could have Pat in his corner. That that would be brilliant. I would love to see Kyle O'Reilly have it on him as well. Um, if they are, I think this the year they need to do some. They are move the UE up to the main roster, or they split them up and do Aye. something with them. And I think Kyle O'Reilly, what he's shown as a singles competitor on the, in these matches with Finn Balor, I think he, you know, looks like a real great star in those and. I think he'd be great with a title, the main title around him. So that would be my two uh, predictions I'd like to see happen. North American title, I think Cameron Grimes has got to get a run with it. Cameron Grimes for me has just been when you talk, we talked about earlier on the most the most improved across the year. I started twenty twenty, I think slagging off Cameron Grimes. I fucking love that guy now. His promos are brilliant. He's just a wee dickhead heel. His in-ring work and his selling is brilliant. Um, I'd, I'd love to see Cameron Grimes with the North American Championship. Another person in that frame as well is Kushida. I think this is the year that Kushida's got to do something. Um, and I think, you know, he, he looks fantastic. I mean, his, his in-ring ability is incredible and his mat wrestling, what have you, his chain wrestling. I think uh, Kushida uh, and Cameron Grimes for me for, for the North American. I just really Cam- love hearing John mark out about a Japanese wrestler. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, on the women's side, I think we talked about her earlier on, Raquel Gonzalez. She'll definitely get the title on her. Um, I feel in- kind of bad. I can see them doing a bit of a squash with her and you, unfortunately. Yeah, I think Do so. I- I think that might happen. I think she'll she'll hold the, the belt. And I think Zia Lee will hold the belt. If they if they are going to push this uh Zia Lee uh, faction, there's no nothing it's got to end with her with the title on her. I, the same could be said with Boa with the American North American Championship, you never know. But Zia Lee, we've not seen really Boa in action with this faction yet, but Zia Lee definitely is going to have the women's title this year, I think. Um, Until uh, about last month, I thought the only way forward was to have Shotzi hold the title, and now I think she might not even get a run this year. I don't know if Shotzi will. Uh, I don't know. I if think Shotzi they might will. have skipped over that now because uh, obviously Zia Lee is looking brilliant. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see I think, again, when you talk about most improved across the year, Gary, there's an R name for you, Shotzi. Aye. Aye. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Shotzi with it, but I don't know. I, don't, I think she just might just go straight up. You know, Aye, what, I, I that think way. that I think that ship kind of sailed ever so slightly, and they're now preparing for Raquel Gonzalez and ZLE. That well, she got a big war game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, short shots would be great in the main roster. I think we, you know, the tank gimmick and all that, especially with a crowd behind it, would be brilliant. Um, I think tag titles, young grizzled veterans. I think. Aye, aye. I, I think. I think it's got to be. I think they'll have the the titles. You know, they're coming through the um, the Dusty Rhodes Classic and stuff again. I think they'll they'll end up winning that and um, getting the titles on them. Do you uh, know my one my one annoyance? And I think it's because I'm comparing them a bit. Um, see, Damien Priest. I think him not winning the NXT Championship is the one thing that might hinder him a wee bit because I always say that with Baron Corbin, the fact he was never an NXT, a former NXT champion when he went to the main roster, it was like. Oh, it's just got that wee that wee something that I think hindered them. I He's hope at least a former North American. Does that make up for it at all? 
Yeah, yeah I, I like guess so. Corbin I... hadn't actually won anything. He's ah, at least yeah, won the mid-card ah. belt, which is something. Nah, it's the yeah. one thing with Damien Priest, because he's one that I, like, I look at and I go, you look like something that you know Vince is going to love as much as Triple H loves. Uh, but it's the one thing that I just keep thinking of Baron Corbin and going, oh, because they didn't win the NXT championships, might it be the hindrance? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Right, okay, um, so that's title predictions. Um, let's move on to the, the star that you think sort of shine through this year. Um, let's kick off with AEW. Pick out a couple of names for us, Alex. One I'm going to start off with, right, one that I was actually thinking about someone else in his faction, I thought of him. Someone I think we should all be looking out for is Hook. Mm. Tyler Sinertia. Yeah, exactly. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's the son of Taz. Taz's son. And he's a man that's come back in. He's Because I think AEW have changed his perception on wrestling, as I think they've done quite a lot of people his age. And yeah. I think he's he's got the natural ability there. He's been trained by Cody. They have the, He's got the squad around him just now. I mean, I'd argue that Cage is amazing in ring and Starks is amazing on the mic, so we can hopefully take a lot from those guys. And I think he'll get a bit of a push at some point. And I think he could... I think we could start to see something really good from him, personally. I'm saying this with having never seen him wrestle, but I'm just got hope <laughs> that he's going to do something. The other two, as I can see, obviously Darby. I think this is going to be a huge, huge year for Darby Allen. I can see him them really pushing him as a face of the company. You can see them already doing it. The association yeah. with Sting, the association with TNT, and I almost feel like the one thing I would question they did with Huber was retire the red belt, so so they can give Darby the black belt. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that new title. The new title is amazing. Yeah, the one, yeah. the one name I'd chuck in there, I think John Silver's going to get a big push. Oh, I completely Everybody agree. Everybody loves him, um, so I think he's definitely in line for a. I really hope he, he keeps wearing his Brody Lee attire as well because yep. he looks like a wee farmer. And I, uh, I think it's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. The other one I think that will come out. I think the acclaimed they're gonna are gonna be yeah. really really good. So I realised I missed my tag team predictions there. There was going to be proud and powerful. They need a run. Um, but the young guys, I think they acclaimed are going to be really heavily featured. They need to still grind that entrance out a little bit. It needs to be smoothed a little bit. But once they start kind of spitting raps like Cena, you can see that getting over pretty hard. So I think they're going to be the big young tag team to watch. Gary, what's head to WWE? What are you reckoning? It's a bit of a tricky one because... You know, it's tricky looking at the raw side of things and looking at who's going to be the person to break out. I actually don't think there's... I think it just depends on who they bring up because I don't really see they're pushing Jackson Riker the now, which is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's not Lars. It's a small improvement. The, the name on the raw side, I think, might not end up with a championship this year, but I think everybody's going to be really impressed when they start to see him do stuff as Omos. Uh, AJ Styles bodyguard I think he's going to be one that people are going to just be blown away when they actually see him working because uh, for what I know he is good but obviously they're, they'd rather polish him up before they stick him in a match so he doesn't end up like Jenkins Alley. he's got the vibes um, doesn't he Almost. aye and I think he's just, I think he's got star power. He's got that something about him where, you know, when he talks, people listen whenever he does it and he's just got that presence. So I think on the raw side, almost is definitely going to be the one that I think is somebody to watch. I'm not sure. I think maybe somebody like Peyton Royce, maybe we'll see a bit more for Nicky Cross, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, but it's more on the SmackDown side I'm excited for because I think particularly, obviously, we've seen Nakamura looks like they're set for a push, but we've seen they're no scared to just chuck somebody in the limelight like a Jey Uso. Um, I think it could be a big year for like a Dominic Mysterio. Uh, you know, obviously, we've not seen as much of him recently. I'm still hopeful 
Chad Gable. Uh, I, I know that people are giving up hope. I'm still hopeful on Chad Gable, uh, and I should say on Raw, definitely not Retribution, <laughs> unless they unless they change something drastically. Um, but I think you know maybe if they do something with with Street Profits, either of them I know think could break it and be a star. I think Dawkins has proven that he's he's worth. Uh, a good chunk as well and then on the women's side definitely Bianca Belair I'm going to keep saying her name but I've been saying it for a while Liv Morgan I think Liv Morgan's going to break it and I also think we're going to see a lot more of Sonya Deville obviously Uh, but I think there's a a lot of women on the Smackdown side that are just bubbling under that could be great and it's it's looking very heavy on the Smackdown side as if we're going to see a lot of things um, a lot of things unfold that would take us by surprise Raw seems to just be trudging along, so I think it might take a big change before we see a younger talent break it, especially if they're going to keep doing Legends nights. So I think they'll just sign Jay White and just throw him in and be like, there, you can be our Raw breakout star. Well, that's the thing. There's obviously a lot of people that could come into the company. And, you know, a year's a long time. So, yeah. I, And even the names John's going to probably mention on NXT, they might, they might just go straight to Raw SmackDown and be big. So. No, exactly. I mean, from, from NXT perspective... A guy who are constantly, again, over 2020, started off a bit green and has, has really improved, Bronson Reed. I think, oh, aye. I think Bronson Reed looks, his entrance, how they're, they're, they're presenting him. Can I you call him by his proper name, please, John? Go on. Bronzella. Thick boy. Oh, thick boy. Boy spelt with an I. I loved the, the, when, they, when they first done that entrance and people were calling him Bronzella. I was like, that is yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, I think he could have a, a really big year. Again, we, I, I skipped over him a bit in the North American. He's obviously been there and thereabouts, but he, they, if they, they could put the rocket on him and they could send him right to the top if they really wanted to because I think his in-ring works great. His entrance is what They've got the whole package there, I think, with him. Um, Who are these Aussies and Kiwis learning to wrestle? I know there's a loads of them now. It's it's incredible. Um, so yeah, I think him Leon Ruff's had his kind of moment in the sun. I don't know how far that's going to go. He's, he certainly looks really, really good. But I, again, I, I don't know how far they can put him. Let's talk about Pat. I think Pat is going to have a big 2021 uh, if he wants to. I, I think I don't know where he's going to go with with the wrestling in terms Hopefully of raw in, in <laughs> ring stuff. Bank Pat's going to have a big twenty one. Another name he's injured. He's on the shelf just now. But Rich uh, Holland before nice. he obviously got injured, um, they were they were going to put him into it, this faction with Pat. I think they've obviously got a lot of hope for him, um, and I think he'll come back and he'll be he'll be. Bit, big on the roster as well be great to see him in say matches with like timothy thatcher and we've not even t- mentioned someone like timothy thatcher as well there's a lot a lot of good um wrestlers on i, on the I think even uh, the new guy tyler rust tyler people rust. seem to love him and, and uh, bivens beside him uh, oh i i think malcolm bivens i keep saying he is going to be amazing just on the mic whenever they let him on the mic and um, but also i think ever rise might be in with a shout because they, I think, ta- obviously tag team division. You should probably chuck them on Raw SmackDown, but they might not get the impact. But Kevin Owens loves them. That's good enough for me. Yeah, it's because I'm from Canada. That's Aye. why you love them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of good wrestlers on on, on the, the NXT side. It'll be interesting to see what who breaks out. But, yeah, that, those would be the names that I would put. Right, outlandish predictions time. This is the fun part. Alex, what are you going for? I don't know how outlandish this is going to be. So my outlandish prediction is for AEW Dynamite to consistently outdraw WWE Raw in viewership on TV by the end of the year. Ooh. It's not very far away. 
it's like what one point? thing that uh, I was thinking last night was if AEW was on a Monday, how many people would change the channel for Raw? <laughs> That's it would be interesting now, wouldn't it? And like they're only just going to get more popular. It's just going to keep going up and up. I mean, I don't see them getting ridiculous numbers. I see them getting up to maybe 1.2, 1.3, maybe 1.5, a huge push. But I see Raw dropping even further than where it is. It's been on a decline for so many years. And every week, all we hear about is how terrible it is from Gary. And I feel really bad that we force him to watch it every week. So I will be happily proved right by the end of the year. Good show. Gary, have you got an outlandish prediction from the WWE side? Just for the word outlandish, I was going to say, can we, uh, we've got a lack of tag teams on Raw, can we put uh, the, the Lowlanders in there? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe get them in the Raw tag team division. Um, no, I don't know because they're so, like, WWE has just been outlandish. I don't know if, it, you know, on Raw especially, we've had Raw Underground the past year and then last night we had somebody getting shot with a fireball. Uh, so I don't know how much more outlandish they can be. I don't know. I think we'll see more like cinematic matches and, and stuff like that. Um, but I don't really think I can give an outlandish prediction. I'll probably stick with the, the viewership one and say that I think I think AEW are going to, maybe not even just viewership-wise, but I think they're going to firmly establish themselves as maybe not a, a competitor entertainment-wise, but I think in terms of viewers, I can see AEW surpassing the million views and maybe even staying above it consistently throughout the year as it goes on. Interesting. Um, I'll give you one for NXT. I think we're going to see, and it might go one way or the other, I think we're going to see the first crossover of talent this year between AEW and NXT. I don't really? know. I don't know who it's going to be, but I think this is where it's going to start this year. Oh, do you mean contracts? Like somebody getting released companies. and moving. Oh, I thought you meant like... Or- yeah, Impact AEW. No, 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 Impact. I'm, I'm talking about we're going to see either. I think it'll probably be. I honestly think it'll probably be on the AEW side that they'll take someone from NXT as a as a vice as opposed to vice versa. I would imagine. But what do you, you think the know. undisputed era's contracts are currently looking like? Well, you know, it's been like three years since they signed, has it? I could, you know what? It's it's not that outlandish. Three years, April potentially. They signed a three-year contract. One thing is, I don't know about the wrestling, but I know Adam Cole signed a new contract when they went to live TV. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if anybody else did, and obviously that was a year ago. A yeah, year, uh, just over a year ago. So, and I don't know how many others did, but I know that he got a wee bump in his contract for you know, obviously being the champion at the time in live TV and stuff. So I, I and don't then think wrestling it, every don't night of the week with a broken wrist. I don't Aye. think it's outlandish to say that I think they'll, they'll split up the Undisputed Era. And I, I, I'll, I'll take mine back and say Tessa Blanchard going to Raw. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's it. I think there's a lot of those could come true, you know. Possibly. Aye. I think I, I think it happens is probably going to be more outlandish than anything we've predicted. <laughs> well, that, that's, it's wrestling, baby. It's wrestling. Uh, <laughs> Can that be your new catchphrase? This is the year John gets a good one. It's wrestling, baby. That's wrestling. <laughs> so there we go. That's it then. We'll do that. Okay. Uh, I'll just sum this bit up, actually. So that's her that's her predictions um, for uh, 2021. If you've got any outlandish predictions, however, this week's list of wrestling daft with Rab and Grado, uh, Rab is going to give you his top three outlandish predictions for 2021. So please get them on on the usual channels, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love to hear yours. 
And that is it for this week's show, gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining me. Pleasure to be with you again because all I've been stuck with is in the house with my family and none of them want to talk about wrestling with me. I've tried my son, not interested. Tried my daughter, not interested. Tried the dog, not interested. Will they at least talk about clothes horses with you? Well, they might. They, they probably would. It should be interesting. I, I've tried to get my wife into it as well and just like, try to sell her on the sex. You know, it's like <laughs> big, conky men. Look at that guy with the... She likes Roman. She have to say she likes Roman, but I, I've, I've now said Roman wrestles with his top off. Now you need to come and watch. Still Look at his big fancy tattoos. <laughs> so it's been great to speak to you guys uh, about wrestling for a, a, the last wee while. And um, remember, if you do like what we talk about, you can always subscribe to us on Apple or wherever you get your podcast, and leave a nice little review up there. You know. Um, We've not even talked about Alex's man bun. If you're uh, listening on uh, or watching this uh, podcast, you can obviously on Patreon. Um, please rate uh, Alex's man bun while you're while you're on um, Apple, because that would really fucking confuse people when when they go to read the reviews. Uh, so please do that. Uh, remember, Rab and Gradle back with the main show on Friday. All the usual stuffs. Um, we'll have the run in if you want to get involved in that. We've talked about the, they'll have outlandish predictions on the list of wrestling dabs. And remember, we want to hear your wrestling uh, road stories. So if you have any uh, stories from your life, it doesn't. It, just think about it as Graham Norton's red chair. If you've got a really fucked up story that would make us laugh, please get involved with us and give it to us. The uh, best probably way to do that is actually on our email, uh, wrestlingdaft at gmail.com. It can be as long and as mental as you want. We, we love to hear your stories. So that'll be back on with Rab and Gradle on Friday. Um, gentlemen, uh, anything you would like to plug? Nah, aye. Wrestling Gary on Twitter. There you go. I've not plugged my Twitter. Um, although, has Alex been using his more over the whole oh, I don't think he has. <laughs> I, don't think I thought he you has. might have been tweeting about Wrestle Kingdom and all That's that. That's a lie. I, I put out a tweet today, actually, because um, the Voices of Wrestling put out their yearly New Japan um, yearbook today. So I tweeted that out today. So check my Twitter and go and download that. You can get it for free, but you also suggest a donation of a couple of quid as well. And where can we find you on Twitter, Alex? A team 3D artist, I believe. I love how you changed your, your name to a wrestling-based uh, one. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's it for this week's show. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.